Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. The Lord has given me an assignment this morning to speak to you on the thought of between limitation and opportunity. Say that with me, between limitation and opportunity. I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I know that all of us have experienced limitations in our life. Limitations perhaps by stature, limitations perhaps by academics, limitations perhaps by economics, where we have found ourselves in places where we were limited. And it seemed like the only way that our answer came was it came through another source. Well, I want you to understand that God is always the source. He may use your employer to get it to you, but he's the source. He may use your family and friends to bring it around about, but he is the source. It is God that orders our steps. Shout out with me, my steps are ordered. God wants you to move beyond your limitation and look for the opportunity that is even embedded in the limitation. I realize this morning that many of you are looking for fulfillment in your life. There's not one person that woke up this morning and said, man, I hope things go bad for me today. There's not one person that got up and said, uh, man, I just, I, I hope people argue with me and cut me off in traffic. And I hope when I get to the church, they don't, ha they, they don't have any seats left and they have to put me in the overflow. And I hope when I get here, it's, you know, <laughs> there's not one person that pulled into McDonald's and said, um, you know, I hope the shake machine's down. <laughs> there's not one person that has desired unfulfillment. Are you here? We want to be fulfilled. All of us come here this morning in an, in an attempt to fill some part of our life. Even if you are servant-minded and you find yourself as always being the giver, there's still something in us that wants to receive. Are you with me? It's like when you tell your, your, your family, don't get me nothing for my birthday, just you alone. You're my gift. I get stuff all year long, but just get, you're my gift. But how many know? Even though you said that, secretly inside, you're hoping for some tiny surprise around the corner. <laughs> don't give me nothing. Yeah, don't tell nobody, don't get you nothing, because that's almost, I mean, I know that we mean that in, in many ways, but isn't it also great when somebody does surprise you? You're like, for me? We want to be fulfilled. We want to have surprises. We want to, at the end of the day, to say, man, that was a good day. Man, it worked out to my advantage. We want all of that. And most people in this room, and I would dare say all of us, desire to be in the center of God's will. I want to be in the center of God's will. I don't want to be over here a degree. I don't want to be over here a degree. I want to be right in the center of God's will. We want to have complete success in every area of our life, in our marriage, in our career, in our education, in our children, on the job. We want to have success in our home, in all of our possessions. We want to have success. And the Lord sent me this morning with an assignment to point you and your understanding to a direction that will lead you to a location. I want to deal with your understanding to point you in a direction. Everyone say direction. Because if I can get the right direction, then I can get to the location. God wants to lead me somewhere, but I need direction. So I hope the Holy Spirit will speak to your life because God wants you and He wants me to seek out his path, to find out where he is walking and walk with him, to find out where he is going and go with him. I meet so many people in life who say they want God's perfect will for their life, but they are not on the same path that God is on. Oh, I want the Lord's will but you have to be on the path that God is on in order to get the will of God for your life. Would you turn with me to the book of Isaiah? Isaiah chapter 30. In verse 21, the prophet said this. 
And thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand, and when you turn to the left, tell your neighbor, this is the way. Isaiah said, your ears will hear a voice or a word from where? From behind you. Often God is prompting you before you get to somewhere. He is putting little hints before you get somewhere. Somebody said, ooh, that must have just been deja vu. That may have just been uh, circumstantial. Uh, that may have just uh, had some kind of uh, premeditation. I think that God puts little hints along the way, sometimes even in hidden ways. It can be through the lyrics of a song. It can be through the note of a text that God is preparing you for somewhere. And the Bible said that you shall hear a word from behind you telling you what? This is the way. Walk you in it. So that when you turn to your right and when you turn to your left, you will know that you are walking in the way of God. That you are in the path of God. Your way is connected to your walk. And your walk is connected to a way. Your way is connected to a walk and your walk is connected to a way. It will not be a mystery because your ears will hear the word of the Lord telling you which way to turn. I came to a place in my own life where I had to throw up my hands and say, Lord, I just want to get on your path. I need your path and your path only. Everybody has got a path for me, but I need your path in my life. If I'm not on your path, push me. If I'm not on your path, move me. If I'm not on your path, lead me. And if, you, and if you've ever been off course, then you know that you've had to ask God for help and say, Lord, I somewhere got off path and I need your help. If you don't ask God for help, you will stay on the wrong path and you will reach the wrong place. God doesn't want you to end up in the wrong place. He wants you at the end of the day to have fulfillment and for you to say, yes, Lord, I know that I know that I know I'm in the center of your will. And if you're in a place where you ask God for direction, he will lead you and give you a location. You're in your life, in my life, I've made wrong turns. I've made wrong choices. I've made wrong decisions. I have found myself sometimes regretting those decisions, having to eat those decisions, having the repercussions of those decisions. All of us in our life have made wrong turns. All of us in our life have made bad decisions. Detours that God never intended. Detours that God never said, I want you to take this little detour. No, no. It's when you finally come to your senses that you will then ask God for direction and say, God, I need you to push me. I need you to move Move me. I need you to lead me, but push me in your path because there is a way. Tell your neighbor, this is the way. This morning, I believe that the path of God is so important for you, and it is so important for me that as I was studying, I started to realize that most of the people in the New Testament received their miracle in the Gospels because they got in God's path. They got in the path of God. Say, this is the way. The woman who had the issue of blood, if she'd have been one street over, if she'd have been one street over, if she'd have been one block over, she would have died and bled to death. Blind Bartimaeus would have died a blind man if he'd have been in the wrong alley. But he had to get his sight when he came in the path of God. 
the ten lepers would have died of leprosy had they not gotten in to the path of God. Most of the people that received their miracle in the Gospels did so because they got in front of God. They got out in front of God. And I want you to write this down, that the path you're on is vital to your destiny. You may not even understand why you've come the way you've come, but your path is vital to your destiny. You didn't just show up at Bethel this morning and say, I think I'm going to be here and try this place. No, no, no. God directed your steps because if he can get your direction right, he will get your location right. Your path is linked to your destiny. And David said something that leaped in my spirit this week. Psalm 27, and I want to read it to you out loud in verse 11. David said, teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. And as I was reading that verse, and I was thinking, lead me in the right path, because my enemies are waiting for me. In other words, there are too many people that want me to fail. So I want you to lead me in the right path. Too many people want to see my business go under. Too many people want to see my, my family fall apart. <clears throat> people who don't have a strong family don't want your family to be strong. <clears throat> people who don't have any money don't want you to have any money. <laughs> Come on, church. And maybe you're here this morning and you say, well, I really don't have any enemies, but for those of you who do, they're just waiting on me to lose everything that I've got. So God, I'm like David, I need you to lead me in the right path for my enemies are waiting for me. And I like even what Paul said when he reached the end of his life and he wrote to young Timothy about to die. He said, I'm getting ready to die, but that's all right because I got in the path. I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. He got into a path with God. Somebody talk to me this morning because most people who will get into the path of God, God will take over your life and move your feet in the direction that'll bring healing and deliverance and power into your life. And that's what brings me to my text this morning in Luke chapter 19 in the gospel of Luke about a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is a lot like each of us. A man that said, if I can get in the path, everything else will take care of itself. Turn with me to Luke chapter 19, verse 1. And the Bible said that Jesus entered Jericho. And he made his way through the town. Notice that what he was about to do would not happen outside of town. He had to get on a path. He had to map quest his way <laughs> through the town. Because there was a certain location he was headed to. And the Bible said that he made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. His occupation, he was the chief tax collector in the region. Now how many know if you're the tax collector, you don't have a long list of friends. <laughs> if you're the tax collector, People avoid you. <laughs> if you're the tax collector, people don't answer your phone calls. They don't open your mail. <laughs> if you're the tax collector, you are slipping and sliding, peeping and hiding, trying to get away because here come the tax collector. And he wasn't just any tax collector. He was the chief tax collector. How many know what I'm talking about? And the Bible said that his name was Zacchaeus. And through his occupation, he became very what? 
he became very rich. And the Bible said that he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. This passage, Brother Delane, is so descriptive. It has so much meat and potatoes in it. We could spend all day on these four verses. But I want to draw your attention to this and I want you to write it down. He ran down the road. Talking about Zacchaeus, he had to get ahead of the crowd. He had to get in front of the crowd to see Jesus. And the reason he had to get up front of the crowd to see Jesus is because he was short. And when I begin to understand the stature of this man named Zacchaeus, this rich man named Zacchaeus, this chief tax collector named Zacchaeus, he was a short man who had to get ahead of the crowd. So he had to run down the road and the Holy Ghost <laughs> began to speak to me about this man's stature as he was a short man. And I thought about this. When I come up short, I need the Holy Ghost to lead me. Are you with me today? I want to talk to these people today. I, I want to talk to the people today that keep coming up short in life. You coming up short as a husband. You come up short as a wife. You come up short in your finances. You, you come up short in your business. You come up short in your parenting skills. You, you come up short in the way that you live life. And God sent me to tell you something today for the people who feel like you have been coming up short. This may not be for everybody, but it is for somebody here today. God said to tell you this, and I want you to write it down, that he has a tree for you. And I want you to catch this because this short man who was coming up short in areas of his life like you and I needed to find something God had planted, something that God had birthed, something that God had put the wheels in motion whose roots run deep in order to get the man the help he needed to where he was going. I'm preaching to somebody today You've come up short as a mother. You've come up short as a father. You've come up short as a child. You've come up short as an employer, as an employee. You've come up short as a church member. You've come up short as a ministry leader. You've come up short as a friend. I come to tell you God has a tree for you. And as I look back over my own life, every time I came up short, God set me a tree. When I struggled as a teenager, God sent a tree. When I struggled as a parent, God sent a tree. When I struggled with my marriage, God sent a tree. When the devil tried to kill me, God sent a tree. When cancer tried to take me, God sent a tree. Am I preaching to anybody that has found the tree? Tell somebody God is a tree for you. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God has got a tree waiting on you. God's got a tree waiting on you. God's got a tree up in the balcony waiting on you. He got a tree over in this corner waiting on you. God has a tree. This is your year to climb the tree. This is your year to climb. This is your year to find the tree that God planted for you and climb it up. You come up short in many areas, but God said climb. This is the year for you to climb. Hallelujah. I feel like I'm speaking spiritually to someone right now. I'm short, but I'm climbing. I'm late, but I'm climbing. I'm broke, but I'm climbing. 
I'm hurt, but I'm climbing. I'm depressed, but I'm climbing. I'm worried, but I'm climbing. I've been down, but I'm climbing. I found a tree that God wants me to climb, and it may take me longer than it takes you, but it's my tree. Trees take time to grow. When I think about Zach, I believe that God grew the tree long before Zacchaeus' mama ever met his daddy. Before Zacchaeus' mom ever met her dad, Zacchaeus' dad, the baby daddy. (laughs) God had already grown the tree. God already knew Zacchaeus was coming. God already knew he was going to come up short. God already knew All of that, so he decided, I'm going to plant and grow this sycamore tree by the side of the road, not out in the field, not in the touristic part, but just an old tree on the path that I'll be on. He knew you and I were going to come up short, so he grew a tree. And to think that God would love me enough before I was ever born to plant a tree for me. That God would love Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector, enough that he would plant a tree for him. To think that his foreknowledge was so profound that he already raised the tree so that when I get hungry enough, When I get thirsty enough, when I get humble enough to admit that I am not enough in and of myself, that my degrees can't get me to where I need to be, that my education can't get me there, that my social status can't get me there, that my fans and followers can't get me there, that my economics can't get me there, that my skin color can't get me there, that whatever side of the tracks I was raised on can't get me there, that God loved me enough with such foreknowledge and such profound wisdom. He grew a tree and said there's coming a day not only will Russell be hungry, not only will he be thirsty, he will be to a place of humility where he will say, Lord, if you don't lift me up, I'll never make it. He planted a tree because he knew in my time of need I would climb the tree. Who am I preaching to today? He already has a tree for you. And as soon as you stop trying to impress people with what you do and what you have and learn how to humble yourself and admit what you don't have, that's when you'll find your tree. You can't find your tree when you're caught up in yourself. You can't find your tree when you are the master of your own universe. You're not He-Man. You got to be humble enough to admit that you're short. (laughs) Don't look at anybody. But say it out loud. I'm humble enough to admit where I'm short. I'm anointed, but I'm short. I'm gifted, but I'm short. See, you can't allow people to be to so focus on your gifts that you forget about your height. Don't ever get so high on what you do that you recognize what you don't have. Don't ever become so enamored with your, this church wouldn't make it without me. The very comment, if you make that statement at work or you make that statement at your home or in your church or wherever it is, that's when you are setting yourself up for failure. 
Last I checked, he had a church before you ever got here. Last I checked, the world was spinning before you ever got here. So don't ever get to a place where you're so high and mighty now with your education. So high and mighty with your learning and your and your and your persona and your uh, the 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 uh, what you put off that you want people to see you as because I'm telling you what God says I'll give you a tree when you humble yourself I'll give you a tree and help you climb to where your success and your fulfillment is if you will humble yourself under the mighty hand of God yes you are anointed but you're short yes you're gifted but you're short yes you have all these talents but you're short because you're rude with people and you talk hateful to people and you give people, you snub your nose at people, that's a sign of weakness and a sign of shortness. I'm telling you, don't ever become so high and mighty with what you have that you forget what you don't have. God wants you to know your tree is depending on you to admit that you are short in some areas of your life. But here's the problem. We are so drunk with our own ego. We are so enamored and so drunken over our own self and our success that's why some people don't praise God because they think they too important to praise God what does it look like when you see the chief of the publicans in a tree what's it look like when the richest person in town runs past you and climbs up an old tree I can't, when did they start running? I thought they had people that ran for them. I thought they had a posse. I thought they had, they had 10 armor bearers. How are you going to have 20 armor bearers and you pastor 10 people? People taking your shoes on and off while you're preaching, dabbing your head. That would distract me. There are times you got to understand that we look silly when we don't walk in humility. We look silly when we are full of ourselves. We look silly when we are prideful. What does it look like when the chief tax collector runs by you on the road and then you see him climb the tree? You know you'd be scratching your head saying, what is up with that brother? Now I want you to notice this important because... He was very rich. The Bible doesn't say he was poor. In fact, why does Luke draw out the fact that he was rich? It's in there for a reason. He was rich. And I read that and I thought to myself, I know a lot of rich people. I know a lot of wealthy people. But rich is a relative term. Because everybody in this room You are rich to somebody. Many of us who've never traveled outside of the United States don't realize how good we have it in the United States, North America. You have North America, Central America, South America, and I've been to all of those, and I've been all around the world to India and China and all different places, and I know, I know firsthand the wealth of this country And the blessing that is upon us. And all of us got here somehow by method of transportation. And most of us in this room, even if we didn't have a job, there are enough ministries and enough agencies in this town and in this city that you don't have to sleep on the street and you can get something to eat. Are you with me? In fact, I just saw a bunch of signs on my way here that said, now hiring. We do what we want to do. I got to get back to my message. You are rich to somebody. And I realize when I have met people who are rich, I realize that I had just enough money to get into the room with people who really had money. I'm preaching from experience. I have been invited into places. Beverly and I have gone into places that I didn't feel we were educated for or had the clout for. 
<laughs> I, di I didn't feel like we had the upbringing for my God. And when I walked into the room, I thought I had a little something. But I didn't know what a little something was compared to those who had a lot of something. And when I met people who really had money, I knew that I had come up short. And I said to myself in my Eastern Kentucky accent, Lord, I sure is short. Lord, sure enough, I is short. Because you don't know how short you are until you get around tall. You don't know how short you are until you get around tallness and get tallness in your life. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. If you will humble yourself, God said, I will exalt you in due time. I'll raise a tree up for you. I will bring you to a, from a place of humility and I will secure your posterity and I will bless you coming in and going out and I'll take you up a tree that even your children will swing from the branches and say, look at God. If you will humble yourself, he'll bring a tree in your life. Write this down. He climbed up a tree so he could see. And this is what the Lord said to me. You're not going to get the vision you need on the level you're on. You're not going to get the vision you need on the level you're on. You've got to climb higher so that you can see. And the reason you can't see your way through very clear is because you are still living on the same level as your problem. I wish, I wish I had time. I guess we got a marriage conference. We won't take time when we get there. But the reason you can't see past your problem is because you are still living on the same level of your problem. But if you'll climb above your situation, if you will climb above your circumstance, if you will climb above your dilemma, you're going to see on a level that you've never seen because you're going to be on a level that you've never been on before. God will take you to another level when you learn how to humbly climb the tree that he planted for you. And sometimes what is coming is so big that you have got to start climbing before it ever comes. Sometimes what God has coming for your life, for your family, for your career, for your future, for your ministry, it is so big. God said, I want you to start climbing now. Climb before it ever shows up. Climb to where you need to go. You can't wait till it comes and then start climbing because you won't be ready for what God is about to do in your life. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the Holy Ghost said, start climbing, start climbing. You say, climb what, pastor? I don't see anything going on. I don't have any offers. I don't be going to this church. Ain't nobody date worthy here. I got no prospects. I don't know what direction to take. I'm telling you, God said, said climb, climb now. So the story of a little young lady used to go to our church here. She used to tell everybody she was called to be a missionary and she was going to be a missionary. And yet she was the first person to complain every time we went to youth camp and she had to sleep on the floor. Or she was in a crowded van. She was so... Uh, so spoiled by her parents. <laughs> and she would complain about the food stops, the pit stops, not enough AC, sleeping on the floor. And I finally said to her, sis, I thought you said you was going to be a missionary. You got to start climbing in the direction for anybody who said, well, you know, God's just going to call me to the mission field. I'm going to quit my job and move to Tanzania. <laughs> Climbing means I go to school and learn the language before I go so that when I get there, I'll be able to stand in the presence of mayors 
and governors, are you understanding me? And to be able to negotiate land contract deals because I have climbed, uh, I am my tree that God put. Are you hearing me? That's why I'm saying there's something so big for you. Uh, I feel prophetically uh, there is something so big for you coming. Uh, God said, don't wait to climb. Start preparing now. Start climbing now. That's why you need to be at church on Wednesday night. That's why you need to be at church on Sunday. That's why you need to be somewhere every time the doors are open. And education is being offered because I'm climbing now. I'm not, you want to be a parent, get around people who are good parents. You want to be successful in your business, get around successful people who are successful in their business. Start climbing now. Noah did not wait till it rained before he built the ark. Noah had two things like you and I. He had intel and he had instinct. God gave him intel because he told him there is a flood coming. Rain is coming. He had instinct because when he heard the word of the Lord, he acted upon the word of God without hesitations. And I want you to write this down. There are some things you have to get out in front of. And I felt this so deep in my spirit. I don't know who this is for. Oh, Oh my God, you, there's some things that are so big that you've got to get out in front of. They thought that Noah was a fool, but Noah got out in front of what was happening. It looked foolish, but Noah didn't pay attention to them calling him a fool and saying names at him because God will always use the foolish things to confound the wise. It didn't look like anything was going to happen. It looked foolish that Noah was building that ark but when it, he had it ready before it ever rained to lay on he had it ready my God they were saying look at that fool look at old foolish Noah over there building an ark and the same could be said about Zacchaeus look at that fool run by look at that he's running like somebody's chasing him he's climbing that old tree look at this rich fool stupid, looking stupid in front of everybody he only climbing that tree on a hunch look at him go but he was running to get in front of it he was running to get ahead of it he knew God was coming I believe if I can get in the path of God he will answer me if I can get in front of it he will answer me man I feel like preaching to somebody today God told me to tell you, you can no longer use shortness as your excuse. You can't sit up in this church and be lazy and use it as an excuse. You ought to be proactive with whatever assignment is on your life. That made somebody mad. Good, it's working. You can no longer use your shortness as an excuse because God provided the tree to make up the difference between your limitation and your opportunity. Somebody talk to me. You know I'm preaching the truth. I know I got a record, Pastor, but I got a tree. I know I've made some mistakes, but I got a tree. I know I had a baby out of wedlock, but I got a tree. I know I've been persecuted, but I've got a tree. I know I dealt drugs, but I've got a tree. I hear the Lord say, if you get in that tree, if you get in that tree, I'm going to pass by and you will see me and know my power. I'm giving you direction so I can get to location. I want you to understand you must climb the tree to see me. You've got to run ahead. You've got to climb the tree I planted. You've got to position yourself. And I'm amazed at the people who come to church and spend more time getting dressed for church than they have energy for worship in church. Once they get to church, they, they like to look churchy. But they don't praise God. How are you going to come to church and look churchy but not praise God? I mean, why would you get out of bed on the first day of the week, because this isn't wrapping up your weekend. This is not the last thing on your list. This is the first day of the week. 
why would you spend all that energy to come to church and then not worship God? That's kind of dumb to me. That's like going to a restaurant if you don't eat. You want anything? No, I'm just here to be here. Why are you here? This whole Luke passage is a class, write this down, in humility. Zacchaeus is short so he can teach us about humility. To make us admit that we've all come short. <laughs> we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. See, the problem with the Pharisees is that they would never admit that they came short. The, the Pharisees would never admit that they've come up short. They were so busy trying to impress everybody with how high they were and how big they were and how spiritual they were, they would never admit where they've come short. And the problem is the same with the children of Israel. Once they got the law that Moses handed down from God, the law was never given to them for them to live by the law. Hold on. The only reason they got the, the law was so they could admit they couldn't keep it. God would use the law to teach them they couldn't keep the law. Because the same God that gave them the law, it gave them also the tabernacle. You got to see, because the tabernacle, all it was, was a tree that would get them to admit where they are short. <laughs> but because they wouldn't admit that they were short, they just kept wondering and wondering. And I see church people just wondering and wondering and wondering. You're not hearing me. Zacchaeus had to climb the tree. You don't climb the tree until you admit you better get in front of this. The Holy Spirit said to me, be sure that you explain to the people today that there's a lot of murmuring going on. Riley touched on it on Wednesday about the noise. And I will say this, when you have all this noise that we have now, and last Sunday we talked about it too, all the things we hear in the media and the politics, in that noise, it's not an atmosphere for a miracle. If all you do is take in that stuff and all that controversy and all them polls, <laughs> and all them reports <clears throat> and all the vaccinations and the non-vaccinations and the masks and the non-masks. Where are my people at now? All you do is taking all that stuff. You look at somebody and say, you're not hearing me because we listen to the noise. I'm not saying don't put your head in the sand. I'm saying be observant what is happening, but don't you believe you have enough of the Holy Ghost in you that at some point he is going to resonate in your spirit and you're going to know because you will hear a voice from behind you, a word that said this is the way, walk you in it, and you will know which way to go and which way not to go. I'm telling you there's a lot of noise happening. So there was no, this was not a place for miracles at this moment because there was too much noise going on. Everybody had something else on their mind. They had been fussing. Some folks had been tripping. It's not a good day. It's not a good time. It's not a good atmosphere. Can we wait till the pandemic's over? Then let's talk. I can't. I got to get out in front of it. And the Bible tells us that there is murmuring going on and the Holy Spirit is saying that in the midst of all this chatter that's going on in your life right now, that you've been waiting on the chatter to stop, but God said, I'm going to do a miracle in the middle of the chatter. Because the enemy can't stop God from blessing you. 
He's tried to distract you with the noise. He tried to distract you from coming to church. He tried to distract you with all this going on. But God said, it's time for you to focus because the chatter can't stop you and it can't stop what God is about to do in your life. That's the reason I put a tree on the side of the road that you would have to run and get ahead of it. That when you got there, you would reach up and pull and get up into its limb. I heard the Lord say this, stop responding to the chatter. Say that to your neighbor, stop responding to the chatter. Get your focus back on God because nothing that they say matters to what God's going to do. Who am I talking to? Just wave your hand at me. Nothing they say compares to what God is going to do. And I just want you to know, I don't care if you're sitting on your couch or if you're in this church. God said, I got a plan and God's going to get you to the right path. Zacchaeus got on the right path. He climbs up the tree and he waits and he positions himself in the tree. Are you hearing me? He has positioned himself for his encounter with God. Do you know why some people go to the same church you go to and get nothing out of it? Because they have not positioned themselves for an encounter with God. You can only get out what you put in. You have to position yourself. So look here, look here. He positioned himself and here come Jesus. He positioned himself, and here came Jesus. Jesus came to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't come to Jesus. He was positioned. Humility got him up the tree. I got to humble my short, rich self in front of all these people. Hope my hope my garments don't get snagged up in this. I, I just got this out of the cleaners. I'll get up here. Jesus came, Diane, he came to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus didn't come to Jesus. Jesus came to him. And when the Bible says that when Jesus got to the tree, Jesus looked up. And I heard the Lord say, don't let God look up and you not be there. Don't let God look up and you not be there. Because that's what brought the curse on Adam when he walked through the garden and said, Adam, where are you? You're not in the path, Adam. You're not in my path, Adam. You're not in your place, Adam. You're not in position. You're not where you're supposed to be, Adam. And you can make foolish decisions and run when God said, plant yourself, stay on path, because I'm coming to look for you. But if you let the murmuring distract you, when you let the people around you distract you, when Jesus, when God came walking through the cool of the garden in the day, to look for Adam, he said, where are you? I want you to be where you're supposed to be. And you may be here today, and you are stuck somewhere between limitation and opportunity. But God has provided a tree. He's provided a tree. But in order to climb it, you have to walk in humility. So I would say to you today, run ahead, get to where he is. If you know where God is moving, run to where that is. Oh, God, I want to be where you are. And ran to the path where God was. And then he ran ahead to make sure that he was prepared when he got there. And when he got there, he climbed the tree unbeknowings to himself that God had already planted for him. And it took him into a higher elevation. I feel like I'm prophesying to somebody right now, that's where you are right now. 
God is shifting you to a higher, you, a higher level so you can see the big thing that's coming. Somebody receive that right now. Just receive that. I just receive that in Jesus' name. For what is coming, God is positioning me. For what is coming, I had to run ahead. I looked foolish to some people. <laughs> I looked crazy to some folk. Man, what are they doing? Who do they think they are? Oh, there's times you just have to say, I'm not trying to disrespect you. I'm just trying to get to my destiny. And he climbed a tree that was planted for him. He saw what others couldn't see. And when he finally got in a posture, that's when Jesus came to him. And Jesus looked up into the tree. Zacchaeus, come down. Come down, Zacchaeus. I found you where you are. I was coming in your direction, Zacchaeus. You know why I was coming? Because today I'm going to your house. Today we will break bread together. Today you will be no longer known as the rich chief tax collector. You will be my son. Come down, Zacchaeus, and take me to your house. I want to abide with you. And when he was positioned, Jesus looked up and saw him. And with heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And God is speaking to you today about where you are in your walk with him, in your relationship with him. And if you say, I've, I'm doing all I know to do, Pastor, then stay on that path and keep running that path. Don't backslide for anybody. Don't you dare go to hell for nobody. If they want to live like hell, that's their decision. Be Jesus to them and love them unconditionally, but keep on your path. Stay the course. Don't tell me God can't do it. I hope that's what they sing next because I'm about ready to shout right here. Don't you tell me God can't do it. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place, and I know that He's able to do that which is He's able, which is exceeding and abundantly above all that we can ask or think. But it is according to the power that works within us. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm at a place where I need to climb my tree. And I know God gave me a tree. I want you to pray that I have strength to climb it. Because I'm running after. I'm running to get ahead and I'm running after God. And I want all that he has for me. If you're here today on behalf of your family, if your home is in a mess, your children are wayward, or something is off, I want you to be the first person. To say, I'm coming to Jesus. I'm coming to Jesus. I'm going to get to the tree. I'm going to position myself where I can see him. I want you to come this morning. And I want you to stand all across this front. This is my day to climb the tree. I heard the Holy Ghost say, climb the tree. I heard God say to somebody in this place. So I know there's at least one person. I'm climbing the tree. Today I will climb. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Bethel Family Worship Center. 